Last week, we talked about idea nepotism. This week, we're banning the word burnout. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots in the for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. We're really excited today. We are going to be having a conversation about banning the word burnout. Yes. Yes. This is a conversation <laughs> that Lisa and I have been having for a couple months now, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, we finally are like, we need to make an episode about this because this is a real problem in a lot of organizations, specifically churches. But I think it spans across a lot of nonprofit organizations. Uh, burnout is a is a term that's typically thrown around by volunteers or even staff members when they, for some reason or another, uh, just need to take a break for whatever reason. And uh, let's let's jump right into the topic. Yeah. So when we are working with nonprofits, um, whether they be churches or not, we hear a lot that um, we'll talk to volunteers and ask questions. And sometimes they'll say like, oh, I feel like I'm getting burnt out or I was burned out or I am burnt out. Or if they're stepping away from something transition, they're like, oh, I just I was I was feeling burnout. And it's a common word that has been adopted as something normal and as something valid. And I'm not trying to say that the idea of burnout isn't valid. um, But in this conversation, we really want to talk about the ways that the term burnout is unhealthy to our organizations and the way that it's used um, and unhealthy to us as individuals when we use it. When Ted and I were talking about this, we were kind of analyzing it from a perspective of how is this so prevalent and how is it so common? Because we hear it a lot and yet there aren't a lot of examples of it, really, (laughs) if you dive into history. Um, And yet it's something that seems like a lot of people and a lot of organizations deal with. And it's something that isn't descriptive, even though it feels descriptive. Right. And I think that's where the real danger lies, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you can't accurately describe something, you can't prescribe a solution. Mm -hmm. And this has all sorts of problems, right? The, The volunteers, the people who are serving, if they are saying, oh, I'm burnt out, so I need to be done, they're not actually able to grow and change and make better decisions about what they should be volunteering, doing how much, what leadership they should be volunteering under uh, in the future. And the organizations also can't make adjustments and change and improve so that people don't get, quote unquote, burnt out again. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to throw this out there. If you've ever been in a season where you've said, I'm burnt out, think back to that season and Think about what was causing it. Um, Not that you're just generally burnt out, but let's try and define it a little bit more. Um, Were you feeling overwhelmed? Were you feeling tired? Were you maybe feeling like there wasn't quite enough rest? Maybe not enough communication? Uh, Did you not have clear goals and expectations? Were there not good boundaries in place? Was the way the leadership communicating not working for you? Or maybe it was a volunteer you were working with and that communication wasn't going well. 
Um, there are so many different things that can cause this nebulous term burnout to be thrown around. And I think sometimes as leaders, when we have someone that comes to us and says, I'm burnt out, we don't want to push back and say, no, you're not. And that's not the right answer. We don't want to <laughs> respond with that. Um, but there is something that when we accept a general term that doesn't really have anything concrete behind it as an actual reason for someone to move out of our organization or away from volunteering, um, we aren't doing a, no, we are doing a disservice to them and we're doing a disservice to our organization. Right. Um, because sometimes I know in the past, I've gone through a season where I'm like, oh, I just feel burnt out. And when I step away from the, where I was volunteering and I just had this general burnout feeling, even when I stepped away, it was a weird feeling of, okay, so burnout is what I feel, but how do you get better from it? How do I move forward? How do I get unburnt out? Yeah. At what point <laughs> am I no longer burnt out? And do you ever feel non-burnt out? Like, it's just so strange. But if I look back at those seasons and I realize I was simply over committing for what I had available time-wise or energy-wise. If I had stopped and, and instead of said, I'm feeling burnt out and I would just talk to my leader and said, I just can't commit the amount of time that I previously was committing because my life has changed and I need to make an adjustment. At that point, my leader and I could have really worked together and found a good solution that worked for them and that worked for me and possibly gave me the space that I needed in the short term while also helping me figure out what I could do in the long term in order to come back from that feeling. Um, right. I've also dealt with as leading volunteers or leading staff members or consulting with organizations where someone will say, man, I'm just feeling burnt out from whatever it might be. And one time in particular, there was a leader underneath underneath me um, who basically had overextended herself and was volunteering on too many teams. It wasn't simply a matter of time. It was that she was having to maintain communication with like two or three different leaders. And so the amount of time that she was having to spend texting people and calling people and communicating with people, and each leader had their own leadership style, and she was trying to figure out how to work within all of them, all of that together created this feeling of burnout. Um, but if I hadn't taken the time to really say, okay, but what are you actually feeling? Like, let's put some really good descriptors on this. Let's figure out what the actual problem is and what's actually causing this so that we can kind of start to get to the other side of it. Um, she would have left feeling burnt out and not really known what was causing it. It would have mm -hmm. just basically been like, volunteering at a nonprofit burnt me out. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Hmm. And that's a problem for her. Because we care about our volunteers. We want to see them grow and thrive. It also would have been a problem for me as a leader, for the organization, because it wouldn't have let us know, hey, you're not tracking your volunteers well enough, and they're serving too many places. Um, and so we need to be willing as leaders to ask the questions to get a better answer from the people that we're leading. Absolutely, and it's, it's interesting because you don't see people getting burnt out in their jobs. Mm -hmm. They usually have a lot more of a concrete reason why they want to quit. I'm not getting paid enough. The hours are terrible. I mm -hmm. hate my boss. I hate my coworkers. <laughs> yep. um, these, these things typically present themselves in the for-profit world pretty clearly and, you know, businesses can choose to make adjustments or say, that's just the way it is. You're going to have to be done here. Um, but nonprofits, it's weird that this happens. And I, and Lisa and I talking about it, we kind of maybe 
realize one of the main reasons, especially in the church world, but also nonprofits, people aren't generally doing what they're doing at a nonprofit for the pay. Mm -hmm. They're doing it for some other kind of intangible reasons. And when those intangible reasons aren't giving them enough value, their response is to give an intangible reason Mm -hmm. because it's hard to put your finger on. And we talk about this all the time about having measurable impact in your organizations. What is hard to measure doesn't mean that you shouldn't measure it. And the same thing comes with uh, value and description of problems. Even though it's hard to describe and hard to measure what the problem is, doesn't mean we shouldn't really drill drill down and figure out the specifics. Because Mm -hmm. these are ultimately the things that are going to help our organization to grow or to shrink. We owe it to our organization to dig in and figure out how we can improve. Um, And it comes back to a question of value, right? Why are the volunteers serving and in your organization? Are they not getting enough value? Are they not getting enough of a, are we not making enough of a deposit into their value bank? Because they're not doing it for the money. (laughs) They're volunteering, (laughs) Right. Are we not making enough of a deposit into their value bank? And how can we adjust things for them? Can we pull back on what they are giving and give them more time, more flexibility, whatever? Or can we work on improving the value so it becomes worth their time and their energy to do what they're doing? Mm -hmm. I think one thing that also gets in the way as leaders is we either assume everyone values the same thing. Yeah. And so we just kind of have this blanket idea of, oh, they're volunteering because I think it's a good thing to do. Um, and then we never actually put it into words that helps them understand that they're making the impact that they're making. That's measurable impact and stories, knowing who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes we don't really want to examine the way that we're leading. And so it's easier to say, oh, they just got tired of it. They just generally needed a break because it doesn't make it so that we have to look in the mirror and look at ourselves as leaders and say, what about the way that I lead makes them not want to do this anymore? This uh, really makes me think back to leading volunteer teams when it comes to, came to musicians mm-hmm. because... Um, there, there are a few different types of musicians, different types of people that will join a, a band for a church. And I started being able to kind of separate them into groups so that I could make sure that each of those types of person were getting the value that they wanted. But I remember in the beginning, because I'm the kind of person who really values efficiency and things being on time and things being well organized, that uh, when things weren't that way, I got really frustrated and I would experience burnout, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Because it wasn't working in a way that made me feel like it was making good use of my time. Yeah. And that was really tough. So when I started leading a team, that was the first thing I was addressing. I was like, let's make sure we get practice times down from three hours down to an hour and a half and work really, really hard on that. And I was and I got so focused on trying to make sure everything was so compact that while it was making very good use of everybody's time when it came to getting the a good product, a good you know sounding music. Uh, done, it wasn't leaving enough space for people who really needed that relational connection. And there's just two different types of people. We need to make sure that we're not sacrificing one for the other, especially in types of volunteer organizations where you need to have kind of a meshing of people who value efficiency, of skill, uh, people who are connected relationally mm-hmm. because you want to make sure that they're able to get the value that they need so that when they show up, they know this is worth my time, not just because we're getting something done, 
but it's worth my time because it's fun. It's worth my time because I'm getting to build relationships. It's worth my time because I really value things being organized and set up well so I can know, you know, what what I'm doing matters enough to make sure that we are taking care of the time and we're not just wasting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is true for volunteers, and it's also true for staff that you lead. I think sometimes when you end up leading a staff member, there is that exchange of money, um, which changes the dynamic a little bit, because then it feels more like a for-profit, and that there's that extra layer, where when you're working with a volunteer, there isn't that exchange of money, and so they're doing it for a different reason. But in nonprofits, the fact of the matter is that there are still intangible reasons why that staff member is there. Very very few people within the nonprofit uh, industry, I don't want to say industry, sector, sector thank you. <laughs> uh, very few, few people who are working, even on staff within the nonprofit sector, are there purely because of the paycheck. Right. Um, it's, usually they're not paid as well as they could if they went to a for-profit company. But then on top of that, because so many nonprofits lean on having to get volunteers and different personal interactions, the draw that's taking from them usually isn't worth the amount of income that they're making. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really a time when they can truly put down the job and go home and be done working. Um, It takes over different parts of their lives. And so when we have someone who's a staff member underneath us and they're saying, I'm feeling burnout, that's not just a common thing that we should be accepting, but we should also be digging into that and saying, what about this role? What about this environment? What about my leadership? What about the people that you're leading? What about your leadership? What is causing this feeling? Let's actually define what burnout is, because maybe it is that the organization is no longer a good fit for that person. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the organization is an awesome fit, but there's something else going on that could actually be addressed if we took the time to actually address it versus assuming that, oh, well, burnout is what it is and there's no coming back from it. I think, we, you know, as leaders, we project ourselves onto people all the time. So whenever Mm -hmm. I'd hear somebody say, oh, I'm getting burnt out, my, my immediate response was, oh, practice times aren't efficient enough. They're spending too much time here. They don't want to be here as much as they are. So I would shrink times and I would make things even more organized. And I'd realize later that, you know, in conversations with them, that their definition of burnout was very different from my definition of burnout. And it's so important, Lisa was just saying, asking those questions, really getting uh, into the nitty gritty of what they mean by burnout. And it's important to note, too, that Sometimes you're not going to be able to make adjustments. I actually I'd say, you know, it's pretty, pretty often you're not going to be able to make adjustments in order to keep that person around. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. But kind of like an exit interview, it's very important for moving the organization forward that you still try to figure out the answers, because if they're experiencing, quote unquote, burnout <laughs> in this one area, other people are experiencing it, too. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to prevent turnover in the future just by asking some really good questions. Well, and I think, too, when you have multiple people who are all feeling burnout, even if they're across different teams, uh, serving in different ways and different volunteer capacities, when you have a few different people who are mentioning it, which just so you know, within any organization, you probably have multiple people who are feeling it. Um, But when you have that happening and you're asking these questions, you might realize these are all unrelated. Maybe people are going through things in their personal lives that's causing this more than what they're doing here. 
But if you don't ask, you might not realize that maybe everyone is feeling something that's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge red flag that you can catch way early on if you start asking questions early on versus allowing this one issue to continue to grow and spiral and become a huge issue for your organization. Um, And honestly, I think a lot of times it just comes down to the fact that if we let other people say burnout is the issue, burnout can't be our fault. And the minute that we start asking questions and you as a nonprofit leader, the minute that you start asking questions, that's the minute that you are beginning to take responsibility for what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be scary. But if you start taking responsibility for those things, um, the great thing that comes with responsibility is the power to make adjustments so that things can continue to grow forward. Mm-hmm. When we just say, oh, burnout, it is what it is, uh, we lose all power and control to do anything about it. And we just accept it as a normal part of life. Um, and I'm going to speak to churches for a moment because I know I've talked to Ted about this a lot. Um, if you're a church leader and you're hearing burnout often within your organization, please be very aware that you're not accepting it um, as just a normal thing. Um mm. I've read the Bible. I haven't read the word burnout in it yet, (laughs) unless I've missed it. Um, So we need to be careful that we're not accepting it um, as more of a truth than joy is or peace is Mm -hmm. or any of the other things that the Bible actually talks about. But we need to do the hard work of actually figuring out what the root of the burnout is and then caring enough for people to help them identify it so that they can move past it and move out of it. That's really, really, really good. You know, I've been thinking, too, about how nonprofits, you know, end up in this place because the the people who are in the nonprofit don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it it does really come down a lot more like in a job. It's like I, you know, I'm frustrated with the pay. I don't care if I make my boss cry by wanting to quit. Right. (laughs) At that point, you're kind of like, I'm over this. Uh, And it takes a long time in a nonprofit to get to that point where you're just like, I don't care if I hurt somebody's feelings because a lot of it is based on that relational connection, especially Mm -hmm. in a volunteer situation where so much of it is based on the relationship that you have with the leader or the other team members. Um, And so by saying burnout, it's kind of like, okay, I don't have to hurt anybody's feelings if I just say that I'm getting burnt out when really it's Joe, who's the problem, you know, (laughs) Joe is annoying. He's, you know, he's never on time or he doesn't work very hard or whatever it is, or Joe is just kind of a jerk. Um, I don't have to say any of that if I just say, oh, I'm just getting burnt out, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why it's so important as leaders. We need to make people feel safe and comfortable to actually share what's really going on. Because if we find out that eight people have a problem with Joe, guess what? It's time to have a conversation with Joe mm-hmm. and figure out how can we adjust or maybe um, help him move on to his higher potential. <laughs> um, because uh, burnout is it's just it's a dangerous thing to let happen because it, it stands for so many issues. Mm-hmm. It really means you have a mystery issue in your organization that you need to figure out. That's what that's like the the red flag that should go off in your mind right away when someone says I'm feeling burnt out. It means you have a mystery issue. It's time to put on your detective cap and bust out your Sherlock Holmes pipe and your magnifying glass and figure out what's actually going on so you can address it. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, when you're trying to figure out what that mystery issue is, this is not an interrogation. 
um, of the person who said it. This is a chance for you to come side by side with the person who's talking about being burnt out and asking caring questions and caring more about their answers and about your ego. Absolutely. Um, And that can be really, really, really hard. Like, Mm -hmm. it is way easier to take the route of, oh, it's burnout. I'm just going to walk away and act like everything is fine. That is a million times easier, but it's also a million times more detrimental to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, So really talking to the person who mentioned burnout and maybe having another leader ask that person questions because you can ask them questions, but given that a lot of their answers might be directed at you, um, it might be more helpful to have someone else come in alongside and be able to ask questions and kind of help try and figure out what's going on. Help them to be honest mm-hmm. because they're they're worried about feeling like they're going to be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I have done in the past and works really, really well for most people, I would say, is, you know, give them permission. You know, some of the best leaders that I've met through our work with legacy builders or just in ministry work in general, or just even in uh, for-profit, will have conversations with their staff or with volunteers and say, hey, listen, like, I'm, I'm a big enough person. You're not going to hurt my feelings by telling me something that I need to change mm-hmm. either. I want to improve. I want to get better. If you tell me something that I'm doing that is bugging you, that's going to help me be better. So I want to know that. Um, and, and I've really appreciated those conversations and the leaders who have thick enough skin to say it honestly and then not hold a grudge (laughs) (laughs) afterward like oh i can't believe they said that it's like dude you gave him permission (laughs) well i know for you you've said that to people and yes when you say it to people you're not gonna hurt my feelings tell me what's going on i'm not gonna try and force you to stay a lot of those people will still leave but you'll get a few of them who once they feel heard will not only stay but they'll become more committed they'll become some of your strongest most supportive people because they're like wow especially if you make the adjustments And they'll become some of your strongest leaders. Right. Because if they bring up an issue and then they realize that you actually care about the issue because you care about them, they become champions of the issue and a lot of times will help lead your team in that area. Right. They realize, wow, you know, this is one way I can help my leaders to help them be stronger in it by providing what I care about. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a fantastic volunteer years, years ago. I'm, I'm a talented musician so like music kind of comes easy to me oh mm-hmm. i'm a talented musician i just really kind of fool myself but like music comes easy to, easy to me mm-hmm. um and i'd be working with volunteers that really had to work hard at it and i'm sure that um in any type of organization if you're a leader you have some talents that make certain things easier for you whether that's just being organized or uh, communicating clearly those those types of things and like it's it can be really really tough to put yourself in the shoes of someone who isn't good at that. Well, sometimes it's not even tough to put yourself in the shoes. Sometimes it's tough to recognize there are other shoes you could put yourself in. <laughs> yeah, they don't like even, you're just completely unaware. Don't exist. Either, either, either they're like me or they're not trying is usually kind of what uh, happens. Right. But um, this volunteer was like, listen, uh, I have a really, really tough time when the music is structured like this and it's not and I don't have like the correct the, the types of chords that I need and like all of the practice materials and that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, listen, I want to make this better for you. What can I do to make this better for you? Because if you're feeling it, it's probably not just you. There are probably a lot of other people that are feeling it. And she was like, oh, do this, do this, do this, try this. Lisa, you've also kind of been this kind of voice for me, too, mm-hmm. in teams that we've done together. But um, 
what was really great about that is I I gave her permission like hey if there's ever a week where you feel like you don't have what you need please reach out to me as soon as you notice because uh, I want to adjust that me being somebody who just processes music differently like I need that other voice of someone who processes it in a different way so that way I can help make it better for everyone Mm -hmm. and she not only took that to heart but she would reach out to me she'd be like hey i think the song's in the wrong key and like stuff that is just details are sometimes hard to miss when you have a lot of details to cover Mm -hmm. and having that person feel free to reach out was actually a huge weight off my shoulders because i didn't have to like quadruple quintuple check things yeah um and still miss details Mm -hmm. i could just double check things and then most of the time stuff worked, but every once in a while there'd be a thing that'd come back and I'd be like, oh, cool, I can fix that. And the fact that you gave her permission meant that she wasn't sitting there at home debating, do I reach out? Am I being a nuisance? Do he I probably has team? a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, do I need to step out? Because we've all been in situations, I think if you've volunteered with a nonprofit or you've debated to yourself, do I bring this up and possibly cause an issue? Or should I just step out quietly so that it doesn't cause an issue? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. which thing do I do? And a lot of times we don't want either one of those. Like we as leaders want to know what's going on. Um, but we just miss this stuff sometimes because it's just not what we are seeing. The details that we are focusing on are oftentimes just in a different area. Or it's a bigger that... picture thing and we miss some of the stuff that's mm-hmm. on the ground. We talk about that all the time, too, where it's like you have the bird's eye view as the leader, <laughs> but you need the people who are inside the organization who are on the ground level giving you feedback. Mm -hmm. And um, when they are saying, I've got burnout, what they're really saying is, I don't feel comfortable giving you honest feedback. Yeah, they're saying, I'm not comfortable giving you honest feedback. Um, They're saying there's something here that is no longer working for me, and I don't want to tell you what it is because it's probably you. Um, They are basically giving you a really big red flag while at the same time not telling you it's red. They're saying something (laughs) is wrong, but I'm not going to tell you something's wrong. It's not you. It's me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, hmm. There's probably part of it that's me. I would like to know, you know, is mm-hmm. it that I pick my nose Gross. or something? Why'd you go there? I don't know. I was just thinking about like dating. Gross. <laughs> we never experienced that. No. <laughs> so weird. I don't know why I went there. But it is a really big thing, though. When you hear someone talking about burnout, when you hear someone saying that something, oh, it's just not really feeling right anymore. If it was feeling right and it's no longer feeling right, something changed that you didn't even notice changed, but they're feeling it. And now it's an opportunity to, if something changed on your side of things and you need to make your organization (laughs) or your leadership better, now you have an opportunity to do it. And if it's something that changed in their life that doesn't allow them to still serve on the team, this is your opportunity to care. Mm-hmm. And to to just even if they don't serve for the next six months because they they just had a baby or whatever it is, mm-hmm. this is your opportunity to figure out kind of how can I best invest in this person and over time continue to build trust with them. And, you know, maybe they won't come and serve again with me. Maybe their, their life has just actually changed from now on mm-hmm. at this point. But if you continue to nurture that relationship and care for people, chances are they're going to say like, hey, uh, Sally, you should go and serve on this team because I think you really like it instead of like, go nowhere near this team.
team, it's super frustrating to be on. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we've heard that from people. We've mm-hmm. experienced it over the years. Um, but we've also heard it. We're like, talking to volunteers in various nonprofits who some know don't serve under this leader. Don't serve on this team. If you do this, make sure that you specify this. Don't give an inch. They'll take a mile. Like We hear those things from volunteers. And a lot of times the organizations have no idea that people are saying that until we find out and then we can kindly as consultants bring it up and say this is an issue that's going on within your organization this is why you're struggling to get and maintain your volunteer base and grow it really because if it's constantly shrinking there's something going on and if people aren't telling you it's because they don't trust you so one of the things that you can do is in your own mind as a leader and and as a volunteer if you're listening to this and you serve in different organizations a lot of leaders do both Mm-hmm. Um, work on being more honest and from pulling the honesty out of people in a caring way uh, to get those clear answers. Ban the word burnout in your own mind so that way you can start to actually figure out how to improve things. Yeah, when you burn, when you ban the word burnout from your own mind, it forces you to get honest with yourself. Um, and when you actually start talking to the people that you are leading and you have bur- banned the word burnout, don't tell them you banned the word burnout. But when they say <laughs> the word burnout, let that be the trigger that gets you to ask questions. And then when they give you their honest answers, even if it hurts, say thank you. Gratitude goes a long way when you finally get honesty because they don't have to give it to you and they are doing you a huge favor by telling you what they're seeing that you're just not seeing within your organization. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 